0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Midweek Reflection podcast by Trinity Baptist Church in Newton, North Carolina. My name is Andrew Barrett, and I pastor here at Trinity. And it is our hope that in these reflections, the same Word of God that sends us from church into the week will also meet us in the week to sustain us along the way. Thank you for finding our podcast and for listening to it. And now, here is today's Reflection. In Matthew 9 verses 10 through 13, Matthew writes, And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, They said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners." How do we show hospitality? Some of you have a real knack for this. Perhaps it's with a bed of fresh cleaned sheets. Maybe it's a movie night, or a cup of coffee on the back porch. Some people simply have what we could call a hospitable disposition. They are present in any room they occupy. They are exemplary listeners, offering anyone who speaks with them the gift of undivided attention. And there are a myriad of other examples we could offer. But of that multitude, there is one act that stands as the quintessential act of hospitality. An event which has withstood the test of time, persevering through all sorts of advancement and evolution and change. That one act is, you may have guessed, sharing a meal. The enduring value of meals is obvious at one level. Humans love and need food. And so in meals, we are able to satisfy that craving, not just within ourselves, but within others. But besides that, mealtimes also communicate a deep sense of personal or interpersonal value. The feeling of being invited over to a friend's home for a hot, fresh meal, cultivates a sense of self-worth within us that we don't sense often and that we cherish when we do. We feel loved. We feel cared for. We feel provided for. Yes, places to stay overnight matter. Movies are wonderful, and I love coffee as much as the next person. But being invited over for dinner is in a league of its own as far as what it makes the guests feel. But besides the sentimental value of meals, the substance of mealtime is also unique. The quality conversations that are often enjoyed at meals are difficult to duplicate in other environments. Any number of emotions may be experienced during these conversations. Joy, laughter, celebration, pain and mourning, all of these and so much more make regular appearances at the table. And why is that? Why is it that meals are a staple in weddings and funerals alike? Because, as this passage from Matthew suggests, meals are a place of belonging and of healing. At the table, our stories converge. We share about our experiences, emotions, marriages, children, churches, workplaces. And within these stories are our problems and concerns. We have complaints, frustrations, and hardships. And while many of our daily circumstances encourage keeping these things to ourselves, the table is where we feel welcome to share. And I'm not quite sure why this is. Yes, it's nice to be able to vent, but I don't think venting can account for everything that's taking place here. It doesn't carry that kind of weight. Think about meals that families share after the funeral of a loved one, and many of us don't have to imagine anything at this point. We've been to these meals. The family sits down in grief, sorrow, and heartbreak. Their sadness is more or less at its peak, and yet before the meal is over with, everyone is smiling. The sound of their laughter has superseded what was once thought to be inconsolable pain. This is more than just venting. This is healing. And that's the beauty of this scene in Matthew. Yes, there is a lesson here against self-righteousness. Jesus confronts the Pharisees, saying it is the sick who need a physician. And he challenges them to consider the nature of mercy. But that lesson, while important, is not the main lesson. At the heart of the text is Jesus, the one who Matthew names God with us, sharing a meal with tax collectors and sinners. Christ, in whom the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, chose to recline with the rejects and the reprehensible, the disappointing, and the delinquents. Of all the people he could have chose to share this time with, Jesus chose them. And think of what these actions say. Meals are intimate. They are embodied love, a tangible act of what we might call family. But meals are also a declaration of of family if we can make up a word. I've been at more than one dinner table, both as a host and as a guest, where it was said out loud to the guests, well, you're like family to us, and I'm sure you have too. So embodiment and declaration. And this is exactly what Jesus is up to. Jesus begins his ministry in Matthew by declaring, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and those who are persecuted. They are the outcasts and the disadvantaged, and yet they were invited to become a part of God's family. Now fast forward to this dining scene, and there it is, the embodiment and declaration of God's gracious extension of his family tree, not to the healthy and to the righteous, but to tax collectors and sinners, men and women who were unremarkable, unimportant, and unholy. Many of us would consider such characteristics to be grounds to withhold an invitation to table from someone. Just imagine how odd it would be if Ernst & Young invited the town drunk to their corporate banquet. But Jesus saw such characteristics as a crucial prerequisite. I came not to call the righteous, he says, but sinners. And Jesus' call continues today. He persists in summoning sinners to join his family. The king is still sending invitations to the wedding feast, offering salvation and belonging, communion and healing to all who would accept. The self-righteous continue along their own way, a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death, the author of Proverbs says. But to the sick and to the sinner, to the ones whose days are filled with shame and sadness, Jesus says, come to me. Come recline at table with Jesus, finding belonging and healing in him.